the fuck's going on? Welcome back to episode 9,227 of the Cox Talks podcast. I'm just joking. There's not been that many episodes. If I'm still doing that many episodes and I'm still doing it in the fucking spare bedroom of my house and editing and producing and doing all this shit on my own, I won't be fucking doing it anymore because I'm doing something wrong. So, yeah. So, listen, welcome back to the Cox Talks podcast. I actually don't know what episode we are on. I lost count. I know I said that last episode, but personally, I think that's a pretty cool thing myself. Uh, First of all, do not forget, if you want to follow along with the Cox Talks podcast, jump on Instagram and follow me there at the Cox Talks podcast. Uh, a couple posts a week, nothing serious. Usually just what's coming up on uh, on the show and my guests, so on and so forth. Sometimes just some dumb stuff I find on the internet or whatever. It's all there at the Cox Talks podcast on Instagram. So big show today. Going to be a longer episode. Going to be a little bit of a political episode. How about that, eh? Guy that said he'd never really jump into politics. Well, fuck, here we go. Um, we're not going to jump into politics. I'm going to give... Um, well, here's here's the show coming up. We've got a guest today, Quick Dick McDick, all the way from Saskatchewan, Canada. Uh, we've got the beer profile. We got a fan question, and you know what? I didn't I didn't really want to, but it's such a hot button topic or topic of conversation, whatever you want to call it. And I don't get the opportunity because I only produce episodes once every two weeks. A lot of the times something comes up and it, it, it either skates by me and it becomes irrelevant by the time the podcast comes out. But we're going to talk about the convoy a little bit. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the convoy. I have been asked about them uh, plenty of times. I don't know why people care about my opinion, why they really care what I have to say. But I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. And again, you don't have to agree. It's my opinion. It's my show. You don't have to agree. But fuck, people asked me what I think about it. So I'm going to tell them. Um, before we get into any of that, my sincerest apologies on my last episode, I forgot to give a shout out. So I want to give a shout out right now to Sergeant's Dairy Farm, located right here in Ontario. Uh, buddy Dan, Dan Sergeant was driving by one night and he, uh, he dropped in for the Cox Talks podcast. He dropped in some cheese curds and some chocolate milk. Now, let me tell you. Among other things, donuts, mostly, sweets, chocolate bars. I'm a little bit of a chocolate milk connoisseur. And Dan knows this. And I'm a little bit of a fat slob of a human being. So fuck, why not throw some cheese curds in there too? Well, Dan Sargent of Sargent Family Dairy Farms, he dropped me off some chocolate milk and some cheese curds. And let me tell you, some goddamn good chocolate milk. And the cheese curds... um. The cheese curds were great too. Now, I didn't take Dan's advice. He gave me, and I can't remember what it is right now. He gave me the secret on to how to enjoy the cheese curds at their at their best. <laughs> and again, me being the fucking garbage can that I am, I just took them straight to the couch and hammered them all back right there in, in, in one sitting. If you haven't sat down and balk, or pardon me, if you haven't sat down and knocked back a bag or a container of cheese curds at least once in your life in one sitting, you're a fucking liar because we all have. I love eating cheese curds. So if you want to check out the Sargent Family Dairy Farm, check them out at sergeantfamilydairy.ca 
And also, I have posted some of their stuff on my social media page. So uh, I'll try and throw that out there as well. But check them out. They're local to Ontario. They're local dairy products um, straight from the farm. They have their own little dairy processing plant going on there. They've got uh, they've got milk. They got chocolate milk. They got cheese curds. I believe they're maybe working on some Christmas cocktails, uh, uh, from what I understand. But check them out. Everybody's into buy local uh, and all and all this stuff. Um, great product, great products from a great dairy family right here in Ontario. So thanks again to uh, Sergeant Family Dairy for the uh, for the taste testers. Loved them. Loved them. Thanks again. So sorry I forgot you guys last week, but I wanted to get that out of the way. Okay, fan question. I had a fan question here who somebody wanted to know if I had my choice of a celebrity to party with. Or, no, I don't even think it was party. I think it was just chill out with... Who would I so choose to party with? Or fuck again. Who would I so choose to chill out with as a celebrity? Well, I had to give this some thought because there's so many, right? Are athletes celebrities or are they just athletes? You really got to narrow things down. And let's get, let's call a spade a spade. There's some pretty fucking sweet celebrities out there. I mean, Charlie Sheen came to mind. Uh, Matthew McConaughey came to mind. Will Smith. Um, Evander Kane came to mind Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor came to mind uh John Daly came to mind there's a lot of people that came to mind but I finally settled on drum roll I would like to just sit back and chill out with Mike Tyson yeah fucking Mike Tyson why not okay and here's my theory behind chilling out with Mike Tyson number one Mike Tyson is a lot uh, he's a funnier person than people give him credit for, I believe. He's a lot funnier than he gets credit for. Mike Tyson is going to also have a boatload of stories. Mike Tyson isn't afraid of the old uh, Mary Jane, the old electric lettuce there. And I'm pretty sure Mike Tyson isn't afraid to have a couple drinks. So, here's my theory. You're going you're gonna to hang out with Mike Tyson... You're probably going to puff the old Chiba there a little bit. You're going to get into the sauce a little bit. And the stories are going to start coming out. And I think, and this kind of fits back into people you'd like to sit down and have a beer with. Here's the thing. I just want to hang out with people that can make me laugh, that aren't afraid to speak their minds, that aren't afraid to have a good time. All right. And they've they've got stories to tell. They've got things to talk about. So I think I'd just like to sit back in his mansion with his with his pet tiger, if he still has that. Um, and just, just chill, just chill out with Mike Tyson, listen to some stories, pick his brain on stuff, uh, watch some old fight tapes. I mean, the guy was an absolute savage in his prime. Watch some old fight tapes and just hang out. And I'll tell you what, if you're hanging out (laughs) with Mike Tyson in a public location, you could pretty much be the mouthiest mofo that you want to be. And nobody's going to do shit to you because you're sitting with Mike Tyson. Now, I got no problem flapping my gums. I flap my gums more than most people. Can I back it up? I don't know. It depends. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. It's been a long time. Let's put it that way. Been a long time since I've had to, but I'm sure I'm sure another day is coming, maybe sooner rather than later. I don't know. But I feel like I could just sit in the booth like at a restaurant or a club and just be the fucking mouthiest 
mofo in the world and nobody's going to do shit because you're sitting with Mike Tyson. And if you think that guy can't still throw down, you're fucking, you're going to be sadly mistaken. I would be willing to bet that his punches, his strikes are still mm, a lot faster than the average guy's. And it probably still packs some fucking heat with it. So, so yeah, Mike Tyson. I, to the fan that asked me on Instagram, on my Instagram page there, what celebrity I'd like to hang out with, there you have it, Mike Tyson. Moving on, and I want to keep things, I want to keep things rolling here because uh, it's going to be a long episode. And yeah, we're get, we're definitely going over the hour mark, which is where I like to keep things, but uh, whatever. It is what it is. Hopefully, I got enough content to keep you all interested. Um, beer profiling. So, this is something we've been doing on the Cox Talks podcast. You take a beer and you profile people based on the beer that they drink. So, this week is Pabst Blue Ribbon. Last week, we had Moosehead. This this week, Pabst Blue Ribbon. And I and listen, if you're somebody that's messaged me and says, oh, fuck, uh, profile MGD or profile Coors Light or fucking Stella Artois or whatever... Fucking calm down. I'll get to it. All right. Maybe if I feel like it this week, Pap's blue ribbon. Now here's, here's Pap's blue ribbon. Okay. My theory on beer is unless you're drinking, you know, a Dosakis or a Stella or fucking something. I don't know. I've, uh, my opinion is that beer is a very blue collar beverage and Pap's Pap smear. We're just going to call it Pap smear. Cause everybody fucking calls it Pap smear anyways. Pap smear is maybe the most um, fucking blue collar beer there is. Now, when I think guys drinking Pap smear, I'm sure everybody's seen the movie Grand Torino with Clint Eastwood. So, Pap smear screams like blue collar worker, but I mean blue collar worker like assembly line workers. Okay, like worked in the GM plant or worked in the Chrysler or the Ford plant. Um, electricians, I think a lot of electricians drink pap smear. Whatever they do for a living, they're definitely part of a union. Pap smear drinkers are also union guys. So if you look at Clint Eastwood's character in Gran Torino, you know, he's an old man, angry old man yelling at Cloud, right? But the guy gets up, he spends his morning doing his domestic chores, trim the hedges, cut the grass, clean the basement, wash the car, shit like that. And then... He just wants to sit on his front porch with a cooler full of beer with his dog and his American flag hanging there. And he just fucking wants to be left alone. Okay. So if you're anybody over 55 that drinks pap smear, this is you. Maybe you're retired, but you're definitely part of a union. And I feel you're you're probably getting close to retirement if you're over 55. And that's exactly what you do because you're a little bit old school, right? You're a little bit like your old man was, you know. You got a good paying job. You've probably been at the same job for 40 years, right? Work with the same guys for 40 years. You get you work your five days a week. You get your weekends off. And the weekends are your time. They're your time. And nobody is to fucking bother you. And you do exactly what Clint Eastwood does, okay? You, you get up on a Saturday morning. You... You're probably the type of guy, too, that even though it's the weekend, you're still up at 5.30, 6 o'clock. And, you know, you, you roll around the house. You know, maybe you read the Saturday paper or whatever. You go down the basement and fix a washing machine or something. Because you don't want to wake people up, right? Like, you're up, but that doesn't mean that everybody else has to be up. 
And then around 8, 9 o'clock, you know, you go out and like I said, you get going on the domestic chores. And then when those are done, just you just want to sit down, have a cold fucking beer on your porch and watch the cars drive by or watch the neighbors work or watch kids play road hockey in the street or do whatever. But you just want to be left alone. Okay. You probably eat at the same restaurant every time you go out for dinner. You've been going to the same barber for 40 years, the same dentist for 40 years. Just like Clint Eastwood, you get pissed off when your doctor retires because your doctor is the only one that knows you. Now, if you're under the age of 55 and you're drinking pap smear, really not much changes, okay? Just take a look at the 55 and over crowd, and that's your future. The difference is, is you're still working on stuff, right? Like you're still, you're still collecting. You, you, you've got a pretty good, pretty good set of tools, but you're still collecting, right? Because the best tools are usually found at an auction or they're handed down to you. Okay. So you're still working on a nice little garage there with a good tool set. You know, maybe you're saving up for a classic car or a motorcycle or, or something, but you're, you're typically found in your garage. Okay. Um, you're always tinkering with stuff. You know, you're always tinkering with stuff, whether it's the the freezer in the basement or you decide, you know what, you're going to, you're going to rebuild a truck or something or a car. And you're always, you know, maybe, maybe you're putting an alternator on the old lady's fucking Hyundai or whatever. I don't know what people drive these days, but you're always tinkering. You're a tinkerer. You like to figure things out. You like to work with your hands. Okay. And you like to figure things out on your own. You don't just necessarily run off to Google, okay, like all the Heineken and the Corona drinkers do to solve your problems. You like to get out and solve them yourself. And there ain't nothing wrong with that, okay? You're an old soul. You're, you're, you know, you're 33, you're 34, and you're drinking pap smear, but you're going on 55. Because again, you're a union guy who pays his dues, works his five days a week, Gets home from work, just wants to fucking be left alone. I can't hit on that enough. If you have a buddy that drinks pap smear, don't bother the fucking guy on the weekends. If he wants to hang out with you, or if he wants to have you over for a couple beers or whatever, he'll pick up the phone and call you. Okay, and you're not getting a text message either. You're getting a fucking phone call, old school style. All right? So this is, again, very blue-collar people drink Paps Blue Ribbon. I believe that's why it's called Blue Ribbon, because it's for blue-collar people. That's my profile on Paps Smear Drinkers. The beer profiling is actually, that's I enjoy doing that. I feel like a lot of them are the same, but not really. But it is it is going to wear out. It is going to run its course. It's going to run dry. And... Um, I'm not saying I'm coming up on that, but it'll happen. It'll happen. But let let me know, listeners, you guys, you people out there, guys and girls, equal opportunities. You know I'm a big fan of feedback. So let me know what you guys think about the beer profiling. Again, if you have beers that you want profiled, come at me with them. DM me on the old at Cox, the Cox Talks podcast on Instagram. Let me know what you want profiled and I'll get to them. It just takes time. Okay, to the guy out there that wants me to profile MGD, fucking relax, okay? Go to that famous bakery in your town there. Get a couple fucking donuts. They got great donuts there, okay? Have a couple fucking donuts and chill out, all right? Fuck, enough already. Anyways, moving on, this week's guest. Listen, we're all about we're all about fun, entertaining guests here on the Cox Talks podcast. Everyday guests for everyday people from the Everyday Podcast. 
This week, Quick Dick McDick. Now, I don't know if you've seen this guy on uh, YouTube or, you know, he's he's all over social media now. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, you name it. But you know what? He's just a good old Canadian boy who's got a lot to say and a lot on his mind. Doesn't do podcasts because you know what? Everybody's doing a podcast. And he's right. He's, he's 100% right. Everybody and their fucking brother has a podcast now, including me. Right? Including me. And uh, he just chose to take a different route. So he's got a lot of he's got a lot of um, pictures, videos, uh, just I guess digital content. We'll call it. He's got a lot of that stuff out on social media. Again, YouTube, Instagram, wherever. And you know what? He's an entertaining guy. He's Canadian. Um, fuck it, yeah. Like, why not have him on the Cox Talks podcast? So, without further ado, let's bring in Quick Dick McDick on the Cox Talks podcast. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Cox Talks podcast, a up-and-coming Canadian legend, a social media superstar, Quick Dick McDick, all the way from, is it Tufnell, Saskatchewan? Tufnell, Saskatchewan. You got her, man. He has agreed to join us here on the Cox Talks podcast. A big welcome. Uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it uh, took a little while for us to get teed up, but here we are. Eh? <laughs> well, it's like I said, you're you're a busy guy. You've got a pretty tough schedule. And I mean, all I do is all I do for a living is pull tits. So I got nothing but time <laughs> just, on my hands. So I was actually I was actually going to going to ask you about this because like, yeah, quick Dick McDick's my online name. My real name in real life is Dixon. And I'm uh, I'm just wondering what you're going to use for a title for this podcast because uh, you might not want to call it Dixon Cox. Or well, anything. I might though. I might call it Dixon Cox. <laughs> like, why wouldn't I? Really, right? Because if people don't see the spelling of it, they might get confused as to what they're listening to, right? So, <laughs> absolutely. So, is that just to be sure? Is that D I X O N or no? It's it's D I C K S O N. So, like, my name's Dixon and yes. Dick for short. Right. I've been a dick all my life. Yeah. Absolutely. Good for you. Good for you. So listen, um, here on the Cox Talks podcast, I like to say it's the everyday podcast for everyday people. And you're a pretty everyday Saskatchewan guy. Now, here's here's why I really wanted to have you on. Saskatchewan, I think, is one of the most, if not the most underrated province in the nation. And well, I guess it depends on who's rating it. You know what I mean? Because I rate it pretty high. I do not underrate it. But uh, yeah, well, hey, <laughs> the people from Saskatchewan, they know what they've got. Right. But if you haven't spent a lot of time in Saskatchewan, I mean, it's 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 uh, let's get away from the stereotypes. Like when I lived in Alberta for eight years and it was when I drove out there to take a job on a grain farm, it was my first time driving across Canada. And I, when I got to Saskatchewan, I was like, OK, we should be able to see the mountains. Right. And it, I mean, it was kind of like that through Regina, but then once you get to like swift current and stuff, you get into, and moose jaw, you get into some yeah. rolling Hills. Let's yeah. start with, let's start with the, with the, with the, um, what is it? Topography. That's a topography big word the topography yeah. of Saskatchewan. <laughs> it's not as flat as piss in a pan as everybody thinks it is. It's, it's really not. And that's uh, that neck of the woods, the swift current uh, and, and uh, like Maple Creek, Cypress Hills area. I was actually born in Maple Creek, Saskatchewan, just, uh, just right close to the Cypress Hills there. Uh, 
and that's a really beautiful part of the country. And you can get down into the Frenchman Valley there and the kind of some of the Badlands Saskatchewan really nice in there too. Uh, up in my neck of the woods, Tufnell, Foam Lake, Yorkton area. It's uh, like, we've got a ton of trees here. Like, I mean, we're, yeah. it, it's marginal land here. There's a lot of farmland here, but we've got a lot of lakes uh, and a lot of bush and uh, it's really good whitetail deer hunting here and whatnot. And there's some gem places too. When you get up into like Bellevue and Batoche and you follow the Saskatchewan riverbanks down through some areas in North Battleford. It's a, it really is a beautiful province, man. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Canada. I'm a huge fan of Saskatchewan. And uh, I, uh, I always hear a lot of people be like, Oh yeah, you're from Saskatchewan. You can watch your dog run away for three days. I'm like, okay, pump your brakes there. But did, did you actually know that if you feed your dog and pet the damn thing that it won't run away from you. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you could try that, but <laughs> yeah, no shit. And, and it's like you said, so I've been um, in my grain farming travels. I mean, I've been all over Saskatchewan. I haven't the only, I haven't done like to the Northeast, I guess of Regina, but I've been to Maple Creek. I've been to frontier. I've done the Weber and the Estevan when you're driving through, I was trying to think of the name of that border crossing south of estevan uh, south of estevan oh man it'll you're come going to in, if you're yeah. going into minot say north dakota yeah. that's where you'd cross i've yeah, been absolutely. to saskatoon i did some farming i did some farming in kindersley saskatchewan the white frame sunglass capital of canada <laughs> and white frame and lift kit capital of canada yeah that's... yes and i uh <laughs> i dated i dated a girl from major saskatchewan so really? uh, did she have all her teeth she did she That's did. Impressive. Right on. I'm just kidding. If you're from major, sorry about that. She was the only one in her family with all her teeth, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, so I've, I've done my travels through Saskatchewan. It's like you said, you can, you can find your flat prairie. You can find your badlands. You can find your grassland. You can find your lakes and trees yeah. and no, nobody knows anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a little bit of everything here. We, we don't really have the mountains or whatever, but I mean, there's uh, there's definitely some good uh, river Hills that you can go sledding down. You know, we got, Mission Ridge at Fort Capel offering offering a, a very exhilarating 272 vertical feet uh, of, of all the skiing you could ever do. You know what I mean? So it's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, it's really neat, man. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of, of the Prairie Provinces. I, uh, I I actually I worked oil and gas in Alberta uh, for 19 years. Uh, started in Brooks and then worked my way up to Grand Prairie and whatnot. And uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm like one of the luckiest Canadians uh, in, in the country, as far as I'm concerned, I, I got paid to see most of Canada through the windshield of commercial vehicle and uh, anything that I didn't get to see through that commercial vehicle, I did on the back of my motorcycle a couple of years ago. And I just, I upside down love Canada. It's just, we've got such an amazing country and we've got such awesome terrain that you can go see. And uh and the people in Canada are, are awesome. Everyone talks about how, you know, the East coast is most welcoming of these people are, or those people are, there's uh, I haven't run into a place where you don't find really cool, awesome, neat, very welcoming, giving people in Canada. And that includes Quebec. I've had some of my best times in my uh -huh. life in Quebec. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I know what I just said too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, I think, I think any uh, red blooded uh, male Canadian male, has at some point in his life had a very good time in Montreal specifically. Oh, Montreal is yeah, Montreal is something. Yeah, it's, I just, it's I just time, want to man. throw that out there. I just <laughs> want to throw that out there. But yeah, you you kind of nailed it there. Um, hospitality wise, I think I think Saskatchewan people are some of the nicest people. Now, having said that, back to my to my farming days, I did walk into, and we're going to touch on this in a second. I did walk into Coffee Roll one time for breakfast. 
Ooh, dangerous place. And I was wearing just a solid red t-shirt. And it happened to be on a Monday morning. Like just a t-shirt? It did pants on? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, no, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I did have pants good. on, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a Monday morning, and the uh, the Rough Riders and the Stampeders had played that weekend. And the Stampeders <laughs> actually had laid a little bit of a thumping on the Riders. Was this and red shirt a Stampeder shirt? No, it was just oh, a, it was just a, lucky, man. a plain red shirt. Well, what happened was, so I was the young guy on our combine crew. So all the old fuckers, I mean, they were sitting in coffee roll with the other guys at four in the morning, right? Can't start combine until 10, 30, 11. We might as well get up at four, right? Makes total sense. Yeah. And, and talk, the first one talking about that you're going to be combining at 10, 30, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I roll in and there's no room left at my table. Well, the table next to them was a bunch of old farmers. And, and I just grabbed the chair. I'm like, do you, you fellas mind if I sit down? And they're like, not with that color t-shirt on. You're not sitting here. And I was like, I, but I honestly, because I know how serious Saskatchewan takes their rough riders. I honestly didn't know if I was allowed to sit down or not. I just kind of <laughs> stood there like a idiot for a minute. And one old guy was finally like, yeah, we're just, we're just messing with you. Come on, kids. Oh, classic. Yeah, classic um, copy row. You got to browbeat the guy coming in. Yeah, that's right. But there's, there's, oh, so there's going to be a lot of listeners here have no idea what coffee row is. And I've seen it. I've experienced it. I love it. I want to be part of one every day, but I'm not, (laughs) but A, we don't really have them here in Ontario. And B, I feel like I'm not old enough to be in coffee row. So I want you to explain to my listeners out there, what the (laughs) fuck is coffee row? Yeah, you're yeah, you're you're not quite a uh, coffee row age. Anybody anybody can be coffee row age, but you can just like do a drop in. You can't be a part of the religious part of it every day, kind of thing. Right. Like you yeah. show up on like day three or day four, and they're just like, yeah. So like you're not supposed to be here. Like yesterday it was okay that you were here, but today it's not. But yeah, coffee row is where all the old guys in town that are ex farmers most of the time. Some of them still farming. They all get together at the same restaurant at the same time in the morning. They get there an hour before the restaurant opens up because they got to be the first guy there. <laughs> And they sit there and then talk and talk and talk about uh, everybody that's not at Coffee Row until that person shows up at Coffee Row. Then they start talking about the next guy that's not at Coffee Row and how they're running their farm all wrong and how if they had the controls, the political power in Canada, they'd have it all fixed in the next day. And then they talk about the co-op and how they charge too much for a pack of cigarettes and number nine <laughs> wires just out of control, expensive. And uh, then they talk about, you know, different types of pickups that everyone's driving and how they're doing it all wrong. And the pickup that they got is better than the one that the other guy bought in 1986. And then uh, they meet up the next day at the exact same time, the exact same place. And then they talk about the exact same thing again the next day in the exact same order. Yes, they you 100 percent. Because I remember again. So like the first time we went to Kindersley, we used to go to the same restaurant for breakfast and we'd sit at a table and. That's when I started to learn about coffee roll. Oh, yeah. And, and about the third day in a row, we were there combining and I was eating my breakfast and this table old fuckers over there. And I just I turned to one of my coworkers. I'm like, they've been talking about the same stuff for two days. And he just yeah. looked at me and he goes, you'll learn. And yeah. I was oh, like, absolutely. Learn, like, OK, I guess. There's- Two of my other favorite things about Coffee Row is that the, the guys all sit around and gossip about how their wives are such bad gossips. You know what I mean? It, it, it's like a bunch of old dudes sitting around gossiping about how bad their wife's gossip. And uh, and then they all complain about the price of a cup of coffee as they sit there and drink three pots of coffee, eight pounds of sugar, and uh, three and a half cases of creamers for a toonie. And then they're just, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> I always, 
Actually, I always I do, I do a video. Uh, I've got one on my YouTube channel. If you go to Quick Dick McDick on YouTube and you look at a video called Coffee Row, it goes through start to finish. Yeah. Well, to be quite honest, I've seen probably 95% of your videos and I picked some of my favorites and those are the topics that we're kind of getting hit <laughs> on here. So, but we'll, we'll get to your whole, we're going to get to your whole channel in a bit, but I always feel sorry for those waitresses that are oh, serving those old guys. It's, now, it's hilarious. Yeah. I don't, and you know what, but like, that's a pretty good way. If you get waitresses that have worked, like usually it's younger girls that are working through school or whatever in small towns. And then they got to go work a bar, like in the city when they go to university and they'll serve at a bar and everyone's like, how the fuck do you serve drunks that easy? And they're just like, Oh, I'd rather serve drunks than a bunch of fucking farmers at coffee row. (laughs) It's a good, good grooming, right? Yeah. Now to be clear, like coffee row, isn't just specifically a Saskatchewan thing. It's, I find it is kind of a prairie thing. You can find them in Manitoba, Alberta, Saskatchewan, but if you go, if you go South of the border down into the, to the Dakotas and stuff, it's the exact same thing. So it must just be like a central North America (laughs) thing. It's like a a coffee row corridor that runs North and South. Yeah. Like, yeah. Somebody like, if you wanted to, and I can't give away all my good ideas, but if you wanted a really good reality <laughs> show, just start filming fucking coffee rolls. That, that would actually be pretty good. You'd have to have a commentator and then you could be like, you'd have to drop an implant in there just to kind of stir up coffee roll a little bit. Cause you could get those guys going hard. Yeah. What, what about that carbon tax guys? Oh, the carbon tax, oh, the carbon tax. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Just, just get them fired up. Cause they're, their trigger, but their triggers are just their hair triggers. And it's oh, yeah. hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. And the good thing is they've all got a degree in whatever it is they're talking about too. So now what I wanted to ask you about coffee roll, cause this is something I never caught on to. Um, now, do they drive their brand new, like going out trucks to coffee roll or are they driving their farm trucks to coffee? Roll? No, it, it depends. If they just got one, then they'll bring it so that everybody knows that they got one, but then they don't bring it to coffee roll all the time because that's just strictly the go to town truck. So you only use that when you have to like go to the city and buy, you know, different supplies and ear tags and stuff like that. Otherwise you can't mile it out. So the best thing you do as a farmer is you buy a brand new pickup truck, but you leave it in the shop because you don't want to mile it out. You keep driving the old 1986 power wagon back and forth to town. You know what I mean? Oh, and then all the guys at Coffee Road don't think you're a rich bastard that way either, right? But it's, it's not even that they just go out and buy a new pickup truck. Like they go out and buy a brand new King Ranch. So it'll be like a, so there'll be, there's a guy somewhere in Saskatchewan right now with a 2015 King Ranch with 28,000 kilometers on it. Absolutely. And it's armor all and parked in his shop and he's driving that power wagon back and forth to town, complaining about the price of fuel and that he can't afford to buy anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so to to piggyback off this, we got to talk about Saskatchewan farm trucks. Another (laughs) one of your videos that is, I think it, it might be your best video as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so the, like all this stuff that I do, like that one, that one was real. Uh, and, and like all the trucks in that video are real and that's real life stuff that we use. But like the, I got the idea for that when that's is like closer to when quick Dick started, but like legitimately I was in a, it was a 1980, no, it was a 93, which is pretty new for Saskatchewan farm truck. It was a 1993 Dodge with a work body, a work deck on the back with a log splitter. And I was driving out to the log pile with big mustache Al and my dad to go split wood. And we're literally driving in this truck and the mirrors are missing and folded in. And there's a hole in the floor. And I got my feet on top of a stack of tools this deep on the passenger floor. Cause nobody ever sits in the passenger side. Cause mom refuses to ride anywhere in the thing. Uh-huh. There's chains for the chainsaw swinging on the mirror. Nothing works in it. And we're both crushing a beer. 
and the the seat that leans against the back of the cab of a regular cab it's like tilted forward a little bit and you can't tip it all the way back because there's so many empty fucking beer cans behind it and probably and a I'm jackal like, probably a jackal and, and yeah. a jackal yeah I'm, I'm like like dad like did you ever think of cleaning those things out from behind the seat he's like no you go until you can't quite get in between the steering wheel and the seat and then you clean them all out and you get exactly 224 packs of beer that's how you save money that's my walking around money back there don't tell your mother about it yeah, more financial tips from uh, from Big Mustache Al. <laughs> but Big Mustache Al sounds like my type of guy. That's for he, sure. He's he's everybody's type of guy. He is an absolute beauty. It's it's funny because like I grew up with dad. He was a pretty hard ass when when we were kids. But like all all people's dads are hard asses when you're kids. But now he's got Correct. to that point in his life where I've got two other brothers and he knows he's fucked us all up past any point of reparation whatsoever. So all he can do now is just sit back and laugh and enjoy it. And he's actually a pretty cool laid back guy to crush beers with nowadays. So, so uh, are you the, where do you fit? Would you say you got two or three brothers? Two brothers. Yeah. One older, one younger. I'm the middle child. Oh, that's why you're so fucked up. That's why I'm all fucked up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah, I yeah. wanted to see, I'm the youngest. So I'm like, I'm the golden. Oh, so child. you're a spoiled little bastard. Yeah. yeah that's probably I'm the goil- fucking ginger too. Yeah. yeah I there's only, there's, <laughs> there's only two of us and I am this, I am the spoiled little ginger of the family. That, that would be me. I can do no wrong. I can do no wrong. <laughs> just ask me. Just ask yeah, me. my little brother's the same way, but uh, he's the one out of the three of us that's actually given my parents grandchildren. So I guess he's still a fucking hero. So I guess he'll just be who he is, I guess. You know what I mean? But yeah, uh, yeah. Rock yeah, on, we, buddy. <laughs> we had a we had a pretty killer childhood growing up. I grew up on a, on a community pasture here. So I, I grew up riding horses and rodeoing and roping. And uh, it was it was just awesome. I was the only one that turned into a cowboy out of the family. My other two brothers, big brothers, a mechanic. He was a smart one out of the group because everybody needs a mechanic. And uh, yeah, little brother uh, married a doctor. So he was the smartest one out of the group. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so you're just like, so we're a little off talk, but I don't even care. So you're a little bit like Casey Dutton. Uh, oh, we're diving right into Yellowstone a little bit. Hey, well, yes. I didn't plan on it, but I mean. <laughs> except I haven't been to Afghanistan. Uh, so there, there's that you that. know of. And, and yeah, and to my knowledge, I haven't killed anybody yet, but uh, I mean, it's early in my life, I guess. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't but killed no, anyone that I know of anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to the farm truck there, because uh, there are like to, to classify as a Saskatchewan farmed truck. There's a lot of things that have to go into it to, to pass inspection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Saskatchewan farm truck regulation. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's in legislation here in Saskatchewan. But yeah, so I mean. I like, I think that the, the year classification has changed as long as you're before 95, I think you fall in the Saskatchewan farm track regulation now. Yeah. Uh, but obviously there, like there has to be like sightful holes of rust in all and any body panels. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, at least one of your two bumpers on the truck, if they still have bumpers on them has to be creased completely into the body panel. Uh, and at no time or at any way, shape or form, are you allowed to vacuum, sweep, clean, wash windows, do any of that stuff? It's absolutely not allowed. Uh, I, and I think if they just added it to the regulation here a little while ago. You actually have to have a folded pack of DeMaurier king size empty cigarettes holding the dash from rattling a little bit on the one side. DeMaurier, the like, the like they, yeah. like they got to be that fancy. DeMaurier king size. Yeah. So you can't even run like a regular, you can't even run in with a Paul mall or anything like that. Yeah. DeMaurier king size fucking Quebec's got its claws dug right into us again. Hey, what do you do? <laughs> never stop. Never fails. Does it? It never fails. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously you have to have a load of 22, 250 on the seat at all times. 
There's that goes without saying. Now here in Ontario, yeah. you get caught with a gun in the truck. Like you're, you're doing hard time. Um, well, I'm pretty sure it's the same here, except the, the closest police are about 45 minutes away from us. And the conservation officers kind of know that we're just kind of taking care of coyotes here and there that are trying to eat deer in our cabs. So they pretty much leave us alone. Most yeah. Of the time, you know? See, I rock a, uh, my farm truck here. I rock. It's a little new. It's a 97. Uh, silver oh, auto. Mr. Fancy Pants there. Yeah. Okay. But it's got, um, I've got Baylor twine holding both headlights in. Oh, okay. The, yeah. I'm like, pass, passenger side. Um, if you look, you can see every tread because my brother uh, side swiped it with the combine while he was backing <laughs> up. So the passenger side mirror is broken right off. Um, the heater okay. to get the heater to work, you have to reach in the dash and wiggle the wires. And oh, sometimes oh. if you don't wiggle them right, like you got to drive and hold on to the wires to get the, the frost to work. That's subsection um, 3-77 of the Saskatchewan Farm Truck Regulation. Yeah, you guys are matching up in Ontario there, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, I've got uh, one taillight is original and the other taillight is actually out of an 89 Chevy Silverado. <laughs> they work. They do work, though. Um, Ooh, okay. But that's just because yeah. the truck's so new. Right? They, they work, but you don't use them anyways, so it's not that big. That's right. Unless and the cops are behind you, then you use them, right? Now, yeah. the radio doesn't work, but here, here's the, here's it's an extended cab, but the back seat is right full of pliers, coveralls, chainsaws, tools. No room for passengers, yeah. I no. think, actually, there's an ag cam buried in there somewhere that I bought four <laughs> years ago and haven't installed yet because I can't find it because I, I think it's back there, but I don't know. Yeah, because 100%. if I if I take all that stuff out, the truck might fall apart too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you're never allowed to wash the exterior of it either, because if you get anywhere near it with a pressure washer, you're just gonna blow half of the body panel off. It, it'll it'll just it just there. fucking disintegrates is yeah, what happens absolutely. for sure. Yeah. And and uh, actually, I've also got a a flatbed dually that I uh, I backed into I backed into the grill of my '97 with my dually too. So there's a big definitive it's almost broke the grill right in clean in half. So yeah, I'm doing nice. all right. I could fit in. I could yeah, fit you're, in you're there. Close. See mine, the grill on mine was actually a, a mule deer that wound up taking that bastard out. But uh, that's probably a story for another day. That was uh, absolutely, that was absolutely. There. Now these, these Saskatchewan farm trucks, I'm surprised that they're allowed to be that old because I'm surprised that they will stand up to Saskatchewan roads. So, Yes and no, but we don't really have like the salt and humidity here that you guys do out east kind of thing. So no, but you make up for it with man-sized <laughs> potholes. Yeah, they actually, the potholes are pretty good. Uh, but I mean, the thing is like there's the countryside is just full of these old trucks that young bastards have traded off that go to work the oil field and all this stuff. And they got all these trucks that they're like, oh, this is an old truck or whatever to a farmer. It's brand new. So you just go buy it, and give her hell with it. But I, I have this theory. And it goes like this guys will <laughs> buy vehicles and they do oil changes on them and they change brakes and they do all these other things or whatever. And I'm just like, I, I don't understand what you're doing because a truck like Morty mine's a 1994 F-154 wheel drive extended cab. And uh, I paid 1500 bucks for that truck. And I plan on never changing a tire on it, changing the oil on it, checking the oil on it, filling the rad on it or nothing. I'm going to drive the piss out of it. Until it dies. Until it just dies. And then I'm going to take it to Elfrost Auto Wreckers and just let them have it. And there's guys out there that pay like, like what's a truck payment nowadays? 1500 bucks a month, 1200 bucks a month. And they'll pay Could that be. for years and years and years and years. 
I'll just drive this thing and put absolutely no maintenance into it until it dies and then just go find another one and just keep driving that. You know what I mean? So really one guy's paying 1500 bucks a month for a brand new King ranch or whatever the fuck it is you want to call it. And here I am, I'm paying 1500 bucks every two or three years for a 94 Ford F-150. So, I mean, Elon Musk ain't got nothing on me. Like I'm pretty smart with the finances too. You know what I mean? So, well, as, and in the, in the words of Charlie Sheen, like you are, you're winning. <laughs> You are winning. Sacks, right? And let me ask you this. How much interest am I paying on that? Yeah. Zero. A big fat zero. Big finance ain't getting rich on quick dick. That's for sure. <laughs> but let, let's get back to the Saskatchewan highways. Cause that's one of the things I remember when you were crossing, I can't remember the highway number, but like when you were crossing, uh, just East of Oyen into Saskatchewan, yeah, yeah, there's a fucking definitive line there in the <laughs> pavement. Like you, oh, there's the border, right? There, bang, there, right. There. there really is. But in Saskatchewan, I've noticed that a lot of border crossings for like the first three to four kilometers, they'll keep that paved really nice. So like everyone will forget that they've crossed the border and come into Saskatchewan. They're like, oh, the road's amazing. And then you get like three or four kilometers past the border crossing, and all of a sudden it's just like there's no more pavement. It turns to gravel, and there's just craters everywhere on the road. They're like, oh yeah, now we're in Saskatchewan here. They're just trying to trick you on the way in, but uh, oh, there's some beauties in Saskatchewan. But Saskatchewan does have the most roads per square kilometer per capita in Canada. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, that's a fact I was 100% yeah. unaware of. And, and you can fact check that. At, now, I think I think they make that fact very well known as so they can use it as an excuse to have all the roads completely fucked. But uh, along with the most kilometers square kilometers of road per capita they also have the most fucked up roads per capita in canada too so i mean one title kind of comes with the other you know it's a wash yeah it's a wash that's right i think the the highway system here is disaster i don't know what it's like in ontario i haven't i've actually only gone across ontario once in a commercial vehicle but here like there's primary and then there's secondary it's kind of like manitoba with r1 and r attack and all these different stuff or whatever they got like eight different weight classifications on 12 different types of road you need some kind of a fucking degree in 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 the ministry of transportation <laughs> to be able to legally truck in this province yeah it's or you, it's or you it's, can just do what we do and just load the piss out of it and hope for the best anyways so yeah yeah no it's, loads are all fucked. <laughs> it's not quite that bad here but i think the worst highway in saskatchewan i've ever been on is uh i just looked it up there highway 51 so it all i know is i drove through this town called fucking springwater saskatchewan and i wouldn't even call it a town but i was like you know it's like it was like a movie i driving and i was going to bigger bigger new york is big but this is bigger this is bigger oh yeah i was going to bigger to pick up a load of fertilizer and i'm and i i should have went right to right through Kindersley to Rosetown and went north, but fucking brainwave. I'll go the north route and driving into Springwater and like the town that says, welcome to Springwater has got like shotgun holes in it and it's broken in half. And there's a Hutterite colony on my right. And there's like a car on fire on the left. And I was just like, Oh, don't that car's stop. been burning since 1943. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh... I was like, this is where am I? And I, but that highway, it was, windy and it was i bounced my guts out the whole way there it was it was terrible i never want to do it again is this 51 the one that goes through carobert i can't remember if it is i think or not. you i think you bang a you bang a right at carobert and head east 
but that that one that goes through corroborate it is oh it's bad yeah it's but like there's there's quite a few bad ones out there but it, it's weird because what happens to saskatchewan is you'll have paved roads and they'll just try and maintain and maintain and maintain them and then eventually they're just like you know what fuck it and they turn it back to gravel <laughs> after that they just stop paving it yeah yeah, yeah. well the final thing i want to touch on with you here uh quick dick is um actually this was my favorite video the different types of waves that you have to throw out <laughs> when meeting fellow farmers or or just friends from town on the road because i've had this conversation i got a really good friend of mine that i'm trying to get on the podcast and he won't come on but we've discussed how like yeah you there's a different wave for every occasion or every type of vehicle you meet oh, yeah Let's, man and this isn't yeah. just a Saskatchewan thing. This is a rural Canada thing. Oh, it, it totally is. Yeah, it's 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 the wheel uh, the wheel wave regulation kind of thing, right? But like, I, uh, like there's there's always the like I've like I've always been a fan because I usually got the wrist resting over the wheel. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've always been a fan of like the two finger salute. Just the old, yeah, yeah. You know See, what I, mean? I I tossed I tossed the three. Same thing. I'm like oh, a wrist yeah, driver, three, yeah, and I'll that. toss yeah. I'll toss the three. Right? Yeah, yeah. But then then there's the guys you know. And that's so you that's that's not good enough because then they're like, oh, that's uh, not good enough to like get a, a decent wave out of kind of thing or whatever. So if you get the guys that you know, you gotta like raise your left hand and like do the the wrist forward kind of thing, just be like, hey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like not just the hey, well, no, it's like the hey, I, I know it's you kind of thing or whatever, right? Yeah. And then you got your good buddies that you weren't in touch with that you meet, especially driving another rig. And you're like, shit, I didn't know they were hauling canola today. And you're coming back from hauling canola and you're meeting them on the highway and you're good buddies or whatever. Well, then just the, I acknowledge that I know you's not good enough. You have to give the left hand hang kind of thing or whatever. And you have oh, to yeah. do it. But you have to do it way earlier, too, when you recognize them so that when you meet each other, both of you have had your left hand hanging in the air for at least 100 to 200 meters. You know what I mean? Before you meet each Minimum. other. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then of course there's uh, there's different trucker waves when you're waving to different guys and anybody that drives a Volvo always gets the, the wave like this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause no one yeah. will ever admit to driving a Volvo, the little flippy wrist kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's a thing. And like, it's kind of funny when you, when you do the waves or if, if you're going by a guy's yard, a neighbor's yard or whatever, and you see them out there, like, do you do this? Like, like I literally say hi to them in a regular voice. Like they can see me and hear me, but I'll like do the big wave out the side window. And I'll be like, Hey Bobby, how's she going? And I'm like, <laughs> it's, who are you talking to? It's like, he funny. Cause I'll do it with my better half in the vehicle with me. And we'll be driving by somebody's yard and I'll be like, Hey Johnny, what's going on? And she'll be like, it was the outside. Did you see him? And I'm like, no, that's just, he can hear me. Don't worry about exactly, it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely do that. And then, but then there's the ones, there's the waves where you're meeting a guy that you don't like, and you both know that you don't like each other and you have no reason whatsoever to like friendly wave at each other. But because it's Saskatchewan, you're required to wave anyways. You just kind of give her the old, just the, like you just acknowledge that you've met them. So yeah, 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 you're not yeah. a complete asshole that you didn't wave at them, but you just gave them the least, uh, least uh, effort possible you know what I mean? yeah and okay. and it it's kind of like we what we started off with and two like around here you get a lot of tinted windows even in even in semis and stuff right oh really yeah but you, you might real fancy with your semis in ontario we're, we're pretty yeah. fancy but you get you get a couple you get a couple companies or farms that have two trucks but they got four drivers 
right? But because you got <laughs> like tinted you windows, at. you don't know, but you can tell by the wave. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck Kevin's driving today. He gave me, you know, he gave me the the whatever. Right. Or or, uh, you know, that's Charlie because you just get the fucking middle finger up in the corner of the flips window. You off, yeah. it just flips you <laughs> off. Right. So but you know, who's. Oh, yeah. So if old fucking Charlie was hauling corn there to the elevator the other day. Hey, well, how'd you know it was Charlie? Oh, I could tell by his wave. Right? No, but I never thought of that. There's these, there's these two guys around home here. Same thing. They're always driving the bail processor by our place there because they feed just on the other side of where we're at there. And it's always either the father or the son. But you, now that you say it, I always know it's the father by the way that he waves because he's always like, he gets this it, really weird wave out of him, but same wave every time. So yeah, I never thought of that until now. Well, that's, put yeah, that's put that little advice in your back pocket. And when you guys out there in, in SK catch up to us and get tinted windows in your semis, you'll be like, you'll be ahead of the game. Oh yeah. It makes, makes perfect sense. Yeah, absolutely. Look at us learning things on the podcast. Eh? Absolutely. So actually <laughs> I lied to you. There's, there's two more things I want to talk to you about. All right, um, I can't girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. I can't... <laughs> two more I can't... things that you didn't know about you that I need to tell you. Yeah. yeah or that I need to remind you about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's one of the videos and I can't remember what you called it exactly, but it was basically, so you drive by your neighbor and he's got his tractor and drill stuck. Right. And so you call your buddy and said, oh, hey, did you see fucking Daryl's stuck? But the next thing, you know, by the time it goes like four or five guys down the road. Oh, no, the, the tractor and drill were on fire because he drove into a hydro pole and the, like NASA was there. And they like it just it just morphs into some news crews made it there yeah and he uh he said something bad about trump on the news and now there's a big riot at his house and everything and oh yeah and the poor guy's just stuck out there right but yeah that's what happens like it's it's just like the it's like the small town rumor mill but then it just starts just gaining traction and just turns into a big tornado yeah it even happens the best be like, oh yeah, did you see Quick Dick was at the bar last night? Yeah, oh yeah. And then by the time it gets to the end of it, yeah, did you see Quick Dick was at the bar with the neighbor's girl and he fucked her and now she's pregnant and then he's been sleeping around on her with another girl or whatever. And you're like, wow, how did this even start? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the, the rumor mill can get uh, churning out of control pretty fast, but it is hilarious how it all works out. Everyone's like, oh man, worst thing you ever seen in your life, right? But it's like that, what's that, uh, that game Telegraph or Telephone or whatever telephone. it is where you're just supposed yeah. to, yeah, like, Broken that's telephone. Right? That's what yeah. it's called. Bro. And see, <laughs> I'm that dickhead in the area that if I'm not just starting the most outlandish rumor, someone will come to me and say, oh, did did you hear that that Browns bought that farm for a million and a half bucks? Right. And then my dad will be like, oh, did you hear Browns bought that farm for a million and a half? And I'll be like, fuck that. It was two and a half million. <laughs> Told me himself. <laughs> So then my dad, because dad's of that older coffee row generation. It's coffee row. Away then we go. It, then yeah. it hits coffee row. And yeah, next thing you know, they paid $9 million for the place. Yeah, $9 right? million, And it was actually a Chinese investor, not even Canadian, that owns it anymore there. Yeah, I guess well, it sounds like. Exactly. Be, yeah, it sounds like you're going to be mining lithium on it now, not even growing crops. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and, and this is the last thing. Um, I do a thing here on the Cox Talks podcast. And I profile people by what they by what type of beer they drink. Oh, okay. so okay. for instance, if you drink Carling, okay, you probably work in a tire shop. Very good <laughs> chance you got a Dewey, a DUI. <laughs> There's a very good chance that you have a domestic abuse charge somewhere <laughs> in your lifetime. And there's a high probability that you wear a wallet chain. 
Oh, a guaranteed yeah. wall of chain on Carlo. So, yeah, again, sure. so like Molson Canadian, you're really good at building decks, right? Like if you, <laughs> if you need a fucking deck built, you call your buddy that drinks Canadian. He's good at building decks. Gotcha. Talk to us about Pilsner. <laughs> Pilsner just became available in Ontario here. Uh, I want to say maximum 10 years ago. I don't see a lot of guys drinking it, but every once in a while I'll pick up a case or there's a guy in my men's league hockey team that played hockey for the university of Lethbridge. He'll bring in a case of Pilsner. Talk to us about Pilsner beer. Number one, explain what Pilsner beer is. And number two, profile a Pilsner drinker for us. please. <laughs> and don't just say, well, guys from Saskatchewan, because I know hey, there's so- a certain breed. So Pilsner, Pilsner beer, like uh, I think for the longest time has been the unofficial beer of Saskatchewan, but I'm going to be honest with you and I'm, I'm switching gears here a little bit. I'm actually on a, I'm on a boycott of Pilsner beer, uh, like Pilsner, the Molson brand of Pilsner, right? Right. Um, they, uh, for years have had the, the coolest decal on their, on their beer can. Um, and it was always rumored in Saskatchewan that the Pilsner stood for everything that you see on the label of a, of a Pilsner beer can, right? So P was plain, I was Indian, L was locomotive, S was stagecoach, N was Nash, which was the old car that's driving on the label, uh, E is elk, and R is rabbit. Okay, so that's a Pilsner. I never knew that. I didn't yeah, know that. So, hey, we're learning things, right? Yes. Uh, and in our in our woke culture that we live in here now, uh, Pilsner took the 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 Indians and the and the teepee off of their off of their beer can uh, because apparently they thought they were appropriating the indigenous culture or something like that. And since they did that shit, I've actually stopped uh, drinking Pilsner um, just because, uh, uh, like I. I, I think it's a, it's a huge part of what Saskatchewan is, is we have very deep indigenous roots here. And, uh, and I, I think it was, it was ridiculous to pull that off there and any beer that's going to be part of the woke crowd, I'm not going to drink. So uh, I drink uh, great Western Pilsner. Now it's actually uh, brewed in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, great Western has got a whole round of stuff. They do original 16 and a whole bunch of different shit and they make sure they buy I've had a great Western before. before. Oh, it's good beer, man. It really is. Yeah. Those guys yeah. are beauty. But anyways, if we want to profile a Pilsner drinker, we can say that we're profiling a great Western Pilsner drinkers. There's a pretty good chance that you're drinking it from the driver's seat of a combine at least three to four times a month. Um, you definitely know who the Rough Riders are and how to count to 13. Because uh, <laughs> that, uh, that was a little bit of a thing there. Uh, there's a really good chance that you could watch your dog run away for three days, but you beat it and pet it. We've been through that already and whatnot. Um and there is a hundred percent chance that you drank it uh, and drank way too many of them uh, that your mother was even upset about you that you drank that many of them at a slow pitch tournament, uh, probably somewhere <laughs> nearby at Tuffnell. Your slow pitch or curling, but they both happen at the exact same place, the sports grounds inside or outside. So it's all kind of the same. And if you drink Pilsner, you know exactly what the fuck crown and anchor wheel is too. So, Oh yeah, you do. Oh yeah, you do. Do you guys have, uh, I, I can't remember. Do you guys have VLTs in Saskatchewan? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Those things are the fucking, I don't, they're the best worst things going. If that you know makes what? sense. I, I, I don't get it. I, so I like, I've sat down maybe twice in my life and I've sat down and threw a hundred bucks into one once and I blinked my eyes and it was gone. I was like, 
I didn't get, I didn't get drunk. I didn't get a hand job. I didn't get anything out of that or whatever. All I did was just blow that hundred bucks out my ass. I was like, so I like, I, I don't know. I just don't get any, I don't get any good feelings or good vibes out of playing the BLT. So I'll just go and usually drink beer and people will go play them and I'll just be like, well, congratulations. How much did you win? They're like, well, you know, a uh, hundred bucks. Yeah, how much did you spend to get that hundred bucks? Well, about fifteen hundred bucks. I was like, yeah, it sounds like a what? The, what are the, what's next? They're gonna put tag carbon tax onto the fucking things. And every every small town, every small town in Saskatchewan has a small town bar or uh, the hotel, oh, right? Hotel, exactly. The hotel. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And the same guy or lady, equal opportunities here on the Talk Talks <laughs> podcast. The same man or woman plays that vlt every single day at the same time every single day with the same clothes on every single day and if somebody comes and tries to like fuck up their rhythm it's it's all out work or if or if like they get there for their daily vlt game and somebody's sitting there already like like an out of town or oil and gas guys in you know (laughs) he's done eating the arrested guys are still chowing down their burgers so he just yeah. looks, it, like it just it and then if he wins something oh my oh, god that's bad yeah yeah, for, yeah. it's over forget about yeah, it he's gonna need to be escorted by security out of the, and out of town and never to return again yeah a hundred percent so so listen <laughs> um that's listen you were a great guest i'm gonna i'm gonna cut you loose here i'm gonna set you free before we go <laughs> i mean tell tell the people where they can find you actually you know what I, there's something else I want to know. All right. What drove you? How did you get into this whole, was it just for fun? Like you, you're, you're born to do this, not to, <laughs> not to stroke you off too much here, but <laughs> you're born to do this. Your, your stuff is entertaining. It's sensational. And you know what? I was very surprised that uh, the beefing around video is very educational as well. It's really, <laughs> that was a real fucking curveball. Yeah, right there, but uh, what like so what drove you to, to start kicking out these videos and these like the everything you're doing? Well, how'd you get into doing this? Yeah, it's all uh is all just by accident, to be honest. Like I, I left a, a, a 20 career 20 year career in oil and gas um uh, and just kind of came back home. I mean, I'd, I'd been in and out of cattle uh around home here for a lot of years, uh, but my dad would always just look after him and I'd just send my paychecks home and I kept working oil and gas like most Saskatchewan boys do. Uh and just wound up uh, you know, some things changed. I wound up leaving that career and came home and uh I'd uh I'd changed my phone number and changed everything and I was just kind of looking to kind of push the reset button in life a little bit and I had a gig lined up. I was gonna go over to Australia to work in the Moomba Desert uh in commercial transportation for oil field <clears throat> and just ran across a guy that i'd uh, that i'd gone to school with and he's big into farming here a lot of his stuff so what you see in the background <clears throat> excuse me background of a lot of my videos there and uh, he just needed a hand he's like can you come help me move some cows tomorrow morning i was like yeah sure so we went and moved some cattle and i decided then and there that i was staying home and getting back into farming and cattle and uh this all just started by accident on snapchat um and it just kind of grew from there and it got to the point where i was tired of people asking me to send me old snaps that i'd made because they get deleted after 24 hours thank god because yeah, some of no the shit shit. i'm not even up. allowed to have snapchat anymore <laughs> that's how bad i am and, uh, yeah i just i kind of threw it to youtube and uh I'd, I'd had a little bit of experience in uh in video production and editing in my in my previous career and uh I kind of like to keep it a little on the, on the tacky side. It's uh, it's a little part of the shtick that I got going on. And 
I don't know. I just kind of started having fun with it and it just kind of took off. And uh, I don't know, every, everyone around here would always be like, man, I was having a bad day. And then I saw the video you put up and it made my day. And, uh, sure, and I was man. like, you know what? Uh, and, and that's, that's just kind of what I do with it. I just try and make stuff that people can watch and have fun with and laugh. And, uh, and now it's turned into a gig where I've got like, uh, <clears throat> I've got merch. Uh, I got, uh, I got a lady handling it for me. Now I go do speaking gigs. I go do stand up comedy and I just, uh, just want to support Canada, Canadians, Canadian business, Canadian oil and gas, Canadian agriculture. And, uh, just uh, want everybody to have fun and laugh and that's kind of what it's all about and as long as it's fun and everyone's laughing and having a good time with it well then i'll keep doing it if a day comes where uh, people are like yeah that's fucking stupid well then i'll be like okay well that was fun while it lasted i guess i'll just go back to full-time farming right well that you know what it's um it sounds a lot like like and i've said it on my podcast i couldn't i couldn't sit around the house and just do nothing for another lockdown or another whatever. Yeah, man. And I actually went to college at one point in my life. I was going to be a radio broadcaster, right? So I actually went to college for radio and television broadcasting. And a little bit of an outspoken guy and what whatnot. Everyone's like, oh, you should start a fucking podcast. (laughs) So I did. And I've kind of geared it to like what you like. I just want to, I just want, my podcast is geared to people that, so they can get in their car and they can just shut their fucking brain off for an hour. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And that that's the, the, the most positive feedback I've got is that, yeah, they can, they get a laugh out of it. Much like people do out of your videos. They don't, nothing gets taken too seriously. Right. Yeah, and it's just, sure. it just gives people an escape and uh, you're doing, you're doing a great job with it. So tell everybody where they can find your videos, your merchandise, whatever they are. Let's, let's give you a shameless <clears throat> plug here. What? Appreciate that, man. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and, and good for you for doing what you're doing. It's it's great. People do need that. Uh, <clears throat> you can find me anywhere. Quick Dick McDick uh, on YouTube, uh, Twitter, oh God, Instagram, TikTok, all that shit or whatever. I'm all over the place. Uh, on Instagram, I'm QD McDick, not Quick Dick McDick. QD. Um, and uh, and yeah, uh, I've got a website, quickdickmcdick.ca, and you can get some merchandise there all of it's made in western canada believe it or not uh which was a pretty fun one to tackle there and uh it's all locally printed here and shipped right out of the tufnell post office and uh yeah that's uh that's pretty much where you can find me be careful if you google quick dick because it can take you to some websites that uh, that i i'm not affiliated with whatsoever uh you're sure, you're sure. i I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> good good <laughs> but uh yeah, that's the gig, and uh, man, I just hope, uh, hope people keep laughing and having some fun, and uh, and we can keep trudging on here. So. Awesome. Well, listen, I think I think people will get a good laugh out of this episode, and if they didn't know anything about Saskatchewan, they will now. And <laughs> people are probably booking people are probably booking their trips to Saskatchewan for next summer right now. <laughs> well, and come practicing, on, and they're practicing their waves. Let's get practicing the waves and get ready for some pierogies and kuba sauce. It's going to be a good visit for you. Goddamn right. Well, thanks for coming <laughs> on. We appreciate it. Quick, Dick. Uh, you you have yourself a uh, have a good winter, man. Stay warm. Right on. Thanks. Straight back at you, man. Take care. Pulling tits, eh? I, I'll try. See ya. Yeah, there you have it, folks. Just. Another great interview from another fun guy. Those These interviews are a lot of fun, especially when you can get a guy like Quick Dick on. Um, he's got a huge following. If you want to check out his stuff, yeah, just jump on YouTube or whatever it is you listen to. 
Search Quick Dick McDick, and he's got some great videos. Some of them are purely entertainment. He's got a, a couple really good educational videos out there as well. So fun guy to talk to, uh, fun guy just uh, to follow along with and learn some shit and get a couple laughs along the way, and that's what we're all about here on the Cox Talks Podcast. So... I hope you enjoyed the interview. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, to say the least. Thanks again. Uh, yeah, thanks again to Quick Dick McDick. So moving on, uh, we're going to jump into the hero cookie here. And then we are going to talk about this truck convoy going on. So the hero cookie. And here's where we start to get political in something I said I wasn't going to do. But here we are. So this week's hero cookie Justin Trudeau, our fearless leader, our prime minister extraordinaire, Justin Trudeau. And here's why he's getting the fucking hero cookie. This fucking guy thinks he's pretty untouchable, eh? He's now on, what, day four of his five-day quarantine. How how convenient, by the way. How convenient he has to quarantine at a time like this. He's got a protest taking place on his doorstep. The whole world is watching, and he decides to hide out and hide behind COVID. But why? Like, why now? Why now are you hiding behind COVID? You've been traveling the country and the world during this entire pandemic, all the while you tell your entire nation to stay home and follow the rules. You are the leader of a country, Justin. Why don't you stand up and lead? Why don't you show some face and address the issues that are in your backyard instead of dodging them like a spineless coward. Justin Trudeau has wrote checks with his mouth by calling some citizens of this country racists, misogynists, etc., etc., among other things, and he refuses to address them now that they're on his doorstep. Justin, my old buddy, you're going to get what's coming to you one of these days, I promise you that, and when you do... You can soothe your little crocodile tears like the spoiled little brat you are with a big hero cookie courtesy of the Cox Talks podcast. And you may think this is a little short version of the hero cookie, but let me tell you something. The more I talk about Justin Trudeau, the madder I'm going to get. So I'm going to have to keep it. I'm going to have to keep it short. I'm going to have to keep it rather low key. Because I'm going to go on a fucking tirade and I'm going to totally fucking, <laughs> yeah, just blow my stack. And I, I don't, I don't need, I didn't even want to give him the hero cookie because I don't want to give him the fucking spotlight. But I think it's a cowardice act that he's hiding out, hiding behind COVID when he has um, a major protest, a major protest going on. He doesn't have to give in to the truckers. He doesn't have to give in to, to, to what it is they're protesting. But I do still think he should stand up. And he should address them. He doesn't. He doesn't have to do anything. Just, just show face, Justin. Show face, okay. For once in your life, address the issues that are right in front of you and move on. You're voted in as a leader, so lead. Stop hiding. You're not the hero you think you are. Except, I'm still gonna give you the hero cookie, again, courtesy of the Cox Talks podcast. Now, again. Moving on, and I'm trying to keep this free-flowing. I hope I haven't bored you guys up until now. The truck convoy. Okay, so I've been asked several times what I think about the convoy. So I'm going to tell you, and please keep in mind, okay, before I dive into this, I want to set the record straight. I am 
vaccinated. I have my vaccinations, both vaccinations, and I have my booster shot. Okay. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I am pro-choice on the Cox Talks podcast. It's not going to change my day. And it's not going to change my view on anyone as a human being, whether they're vaxxed or not. I honestly could care less if you have or do not have your vaccine. But the convoy. Okay, so... At first, I thought this convoy was kind of stupid. It didn't it didn't really make sense to me. It this is an industry that is laden with laws, regulations, permits and restrictions. I don't I didn't really understand what was so hard about getting a jab in the arm. And to be honest, I, I what I mean by that is I mean you already have all these laws and rules and whatever, why not just go get the vaccine? But again, pro-choice to each their own. It just kind of seemed foolish to me. As a farmer, I feel that I'm just as essential as a truck driver and I got the vaccine, so what's the difference? Anyhow, doesn't matter. But as the convoy moved west to east across Canada on its way to Ottawa, I firmly believe it became clear to me that this became about much more than a vaccine. It was more, it became more about national unity than anything else. And again, Please keep in mind, this is my opinion and my opinion only. So as the videos and all these pictures started finding their way to social media and and everybody's seen them, everybody's been watching and following along, seeing the, the thralls of people on roadsides, bridges, they're holding flags, they've got signs, they're offering food, uh, lodging, fuel, <laughs> windshield washer fluid, whatever. People offering all those all those things up to people involved in the com on in the convoy. Uh, I started paying more and more attention to the protest. It it kind of became apparent to me that more people supported this movement than we all thought there was going to be. I do generally feel that the public has had enough of the rules, the laws, the general circus, whatever you want to call it, that has surrounded the pandemic. We've had enough. Okay, and this convoy is showing it, period. Just look, again, look at the support. Back in, um, I guess, March 2020, since March 2020, our nation has really been divided, to be honest. Some may say the division even started um, when old JT there took office. But it, it, like, lately, it's been a lot more apparent. Everybody fighting everybody on the vax, the unvax, masks, no masks. Are we open? Are we closed? Nobody fucking knows, and everybody's just had enough of it. I've said from the beginning, there's no logic to any of this, and if there has, people would be more compliant. There's been a massive wedge driven in between us as a nation, and it's all over this fucking pandemic, again, in my opinion. However, what this convoy has done is pull the nation back together for the most part, which I believe we badly needed. Okay. Once the the truckers or the convoy, whatever you want to call it, got to Ottawa, we saw the throngs of people from every um, occupation, nationality, religious belief, whether they're vaxxed or they're unvaxxed. Everybody's there. Everybody's laughing together. They're shaking hands. They're being Canadian, and they're supporting one another. And you you have to agree 
This isn't something we have seen for quite some time. I mean, for like, fuck, think about this, actually, for a second. We actually had people from Alberta or Western Canada, okay, siding and shaking hands and supporting Quebecers. As a fucking Canadian, have you ever seen that before? No, you haven't. And don't fucking say you have. Never. Never in my lifetime. I mean, I guess I'm still just a fucking young buck at 38, but I've never fucking seen it. I've lived in Western Canada. Ain't no love there for the French. But listen, this convoy, or li- li- little bit. Listen, when this is all said and done, they're going to get back to hating each other. That is a scientific fact. But Saturday on Parliament Hill, pretty pretty united. Now, as far as the actual protest goes, all the trucks in Ottawa, do I think they're going to change the government's minds on mandates? No, I really don't. I believe it's just going to fall on deaf ears, partly... Um, partly due to the arrogance of our government, but partly because I feel that some, I repeat, some of the mandates or rules or whatever you want to call them, I think some of them actually do make sense and are for the betterment of the health of some of the citizens of this nation. As far as the mainstream media not reporting the the convoy or twisting the narrative or turning a blind eye to the convoy while fuck like honestly what did you think was going to happen nobody nobody believes mainstream media these days and i'm not i'm not i'm not fucking going down that rabbit hole well i am actually nobody believes them these days okay it's my belief that whether it's the cbc ctv global news whatever they're very manipulated by the government uh, more so the cbc than the other two but and, and naturally, the government didn't want to give this thing any respect at all. They didn't want to give it any play. They were just kind of hoping. I'm pretty certain that, that they were hoping this, this would all just fizzle out, and that would, be, that would be the end of it. Now, to the extremists in the crowd in Ottawa, you're, you're, you're going to have extremists. That's a lock, okay? But are we not all taught at a young age to not let one bad apple spoil the bunch? Now, piggybacking off my point regarding the media, notice how the media always finds these people first. I mean, in today's world, again, my opinion here. In today's world, who's to say that these extremists aren't on the payroll of the media, the government, whoever, just to try and give a bad look or a bad spin on this whole protesters? A few protesters... Uh, voicing their extreme views, it's going to happen regardless of the protest, okay? There could be a protest regarding the closing of a fucking butterfly sanctuary on Salt Spring Island, and guess what? These fucking people are still showing up. It's take it to the bank. You're not, you can't, you're not going to avoid it, okay? The Terry Fox thing, the statue thing, where they, they, they dressed up the statue. Now, This is a no-fly zone for me. Stay away from it. Look at it. Don't touch it. Respect it. Leave it alone. It's it's fucking sacred ground. But I will say this. Was it spray-painted? No. Was it covered in garbage or graffiti? No. Was it taken down, knocked over, or destroyed? 
No, it wasn't. Okay. And at the risk of sounding as though I'm defending those responsible, there is much worse that could have happened to it. Shortly after, because I, I followed it all day, I followed the whole thing on Twitter and, and Instagram and whatever. Shortly after the hat, I believe there was a flag and a sign um, were put on the statue. It didn't take long for them to all be removed. It took, bleh, sorry, for them to all be removed. But listen, the statue's still there. It's still there in all its glory. It's, it's still signifying what it was meant to signify. So everybody just calm down, okay? Again, you're going to get these people at all protests, okay? It's not right, but fuck, that's, that's the way she goes, okay? That's the way she fucking goes, Ricky. Now, moving on. Some people out there have said that they're embarrassed by the convoy and that they're embarrassed to be Canadian. Okay. In my, um, from my point of view, these are the same people that have said this is nothing more than a bunch of redneck hillbillies, all right, or foul-mouthed, fat, sloppy, uneducated truck drivers. Comments coming from people that generally, these are comments that are coming from people that generally look down their noses at the trucking industry and truckers as a whole. Listen, driving truck is not a glorious job by any means, okay? But it's an honest way to make a living. For those who choose to knock the convoy because it's a group of truckers, I'm just curious, and this is an honest question. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to be condescending, whatever. I'm curious to know, would your feelings be different if it was a convoy full of uh, firefighters, nurses, doctors, or celebrities? It probably would, maybe. I don't know. And listen, you don't have to agree with it, the convoy or the protest, period. But you can't look down your nose at it because it's a certain industry leading the charge. At least, at, at least the truckers had the balls to get up off their ass and do something, okay? At the end of the day, I don't know if my opinion on the convoy makes any sense to anybody out there, okay? But to me, whether you agree with it or not, there it has shown that there still is unity in this country, a country that's been divided for too long, okay? The the um, the pride and the patriotism of this country has been on display and the whole fucking world's been watching. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in Europe. It's in Australia. It's in South America. It's all over North America, okay? The world's been watching. And the pro I'm going to call them the protesters, the truckers, whatever, who are involved, they've voiced and displayed their issues in a pretty civil, peaceful manner to this point. I don't foresee it it getting ugly, but hey, I've been wrong about shit before. I can be wrong about this too. But listen, if we're going to exit this pandemic, okay, we're going to have to do it together, period. And in my opinion, that's what this convoy has done. It's brought us together, all right? And I'll fucking leave you with this, as cliche as it sounds, all right? You can't shake hands with a closed fist, all right? So there you go. Like I said, some people, I had quite a few 
people reach out and ask me what I thought of the convoy. And there you have it. That's my opinion. It's my show. I'm entitled to my opinion, just like you're entitled to your opinion if you disagree with it. That's my opinion. Think of think what you want about me, all right? At the end of the day, I don't give a shit. And usually, I wouldn't even address this type of stuff because I said I don't want to get political. I don't want to go down these fucking rabbit holes, but enough people reached out so that that's my view. Those are my thoughts. Think what you want. If you want to get back to me, if you want to if you want to chime in on my opinion, by all means, I'm pro feedback. Pro choice. I'm pro feedback. I'm a fucking I should have been a pro hockey player, but I blew my knee out in peewee. Not true. Um but yeah, so there you have it. So listen, that's been another episode of the Cox Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed. All right. Um, keep on listening, keep up with the feedback. Don't forget, check out Sergeant Family Dairy. Um, I'm not even sure, uh, going back to that all the way to the start of the show, I'm not even sure I gave you their website. Visit www.sergeantfamilydairy.ca. You can check them out there. Thanks again to them. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the Cox Talks podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever platform you may listen to. Um, and don't forget the most important thing of all in the Cox Talks podcast. Tell your fucking friends. Tell your fucking friends about the Cox Talks podcast. That's it. That's all. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.